Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Kafaru Cast. Frank is across the mic from me. <laughs> we got some new toys in here. Um, we got a new, uh, what is this thing? It's a soundboard recording Roadcaster Pro. So if Frank tells a joke and it's not that funny, I can hit this button. It fixes everything. Makes it funnier. Yeah, I think so. So this will be, I guess Friday was the fourth attempt. This will be the fifth attempt at the the bow review because I haven't really liked any of the other ones. It's not really conveying the message, but um, probably going to do, we'll do the compound one right now and get that thing out. And then I'm probably going to get with Cody Greenwood and do the uh, the trad version, the one with the different trad bows and wood risers and ILF bows and all that crap. So um, I originally did a podcast with Brandon McDonald. He did a bow review like this. I guess the only difference was his is um, he paid for all his. Um, Where was it posted? YouTube, Brandon McDonald's YouTube page. Uh, I don't. He didn't have quite the probably technical experience. Um, maybe that I have. I'm not. I can't say that for sure. But just talking with him, he's a pretty well-rounded guy. Um, I think I got a little bit more technical knowledge. So we're coming at it a little bit different. Um, a little bit of the af- aspects, I guess, or outlooks on it. I the way that I did the, this uh, review is I, I actually shot these for three or four weeks each. Each one of these bows, a lot of different tournaments, a lot of time at American Bowman, a lot of time at the house. I actually, because I've been finding out on some of the amounts of tags I'm going to get in some of these different states for whitetails. I actually got her dialed. One of them bows dialed in last night with those revelations out to eighty. Um, with uh, fixed blades and mechanicals in case, in case some of the numbers are pretty it. high. So I, I may need to grab the compound to whack a few extra does. What's that? In case you got to really send it. Yeah. <laughs> I was with Ryu and uh, that dude, he's not afraid to shoot. Uh, Ryu is my, um, my daughter's boyfriend, fiance. I think they're getting married now. Um, yeah, he's not afraid to grip it and rip it, but uh, he's shooting split finger. I've been trying to get him to shoot like gap shoot uh to get a little bit more accurate with the stick bow i gave him a what's be better happy. three under i shoot three under and gap i don't um an instinctual shooters the the best instinctual shooter i is not going to beat uh the best gap shooter in my opinion it's oh. just not going to happen not a distance closer up uh i think instinctual shooter is going to have a better better chance closer up than um maybe a gap shooter especially with quicker shots so i'm not talking about hunting just overall accuracy uh there's some damn good killers that are instinctual shooters but as far as accuracy goes you, you want to be accurate you know you kind of get a gap or string walk or something but I don't he's pretty good isn't he i uh i shoot with them every once in a while at uh, bear creek you get it 20 yeah you get they... a distance it's a little bit different but um i gave him a bunch of gear the other day sleeping pad and cook kit and he didn't know what he's doing it'll be fun to watch him suffer for a while. <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh back on track <laughs> so uh the bows that i tested out heavily were the hoyt axius ultra the matthews vxr 31.5 expedition m16 uh the pse ntn uh that's the longer version that's the dudley bow a bowtech revolt x uh, I also screwed around with a few other bows, but these are the ones that um, I tested the most. G5 was one that um, 
I tested quite a bit or shot a good bit, an, an elite. I also shot a couple of those, and uh, all these bows are good. I don't think you can make a bad decision with a bow nowadays. It's really going to be what's best for you, uh, your draw length, what you're going to be hunting. And the podcast we did Friday, which we're not going to post, one of the things we touched on, which I think is is vital, is you know figuring out your 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 kind of you, taking your body. Okay, you're a certain height, you're a certain strength, so you can pull a certain amount of weight. You're going to be hunting a certain animal, and taking that equation. Um, and figuring out with uh, the hand that God gave you what's going to be the best bow for you, meaning what speed it produces, its axle to axle, its forgiveness. Shooting um, fast fives is uh, not nearly as good as shooting slow tens, so to speak. So you, if, let's say, you're a little bit shorter, so you, you, you decide to get a barn burner of a bow that's just blazing speed, but you can't hit shit with it, really doesn't matter noise is the big thing anyway so yeah you don't want to be you know lobbing logs down range got to find a happy medium for your build you take a guy like who tim gillingham you really don't want to blueprint your whole life off of gillingham because the fucker's got a 33 inch drawing he can shoot whatever he wants so with what he's doing is going to be different than a you know the standard dude with a 28 inch draw pulling 68 to 70 pounds you want to figure that out you know, the axle-to-axle axle or cam-to-cam, cam, um, back in the day, the cams weren't as big. But that V, when you're at full draw, how steep of that, that V is or, or how aggressive the V is of the string at full draw is going to have a lot to do with the comfort when you anchor of how it crosses your face. Most guys shoot with the string crossing the nose and the corner of their mouth. So if you got a gangly-ass 31-and-a-half-inch draw length, probably don't want to be shooting a 31-inch bow. Now, cam to cam, that's going to be a little bit longer. But if you're hunting whitetails close up, you're worried about maneuverability, not as big of a deal. But overall accuracy, you're going to want to shoot a little bit longer bow. Frank, you kind of opted for longer bows this year, didn't you? Yeah, the last couple of years I've been shooting like a 34, 35 inch. What are you thinking? You liking them? or I like the string angle. Yeah. Me too. I got used to it. Now it's hard for me to shoot a short bow. <laughs> um, so... Looking at those things when you go to purchase a bow, before you even get into the bow model or bow brands and everything else, you want to look at the the actual axle to axle, the speed, the brace height, forgiveness. You want to take those things into consideration. If you got a little bit better form, uh, you know, you don't really punch the trigger, you're probably going to, you know, you probably get away with a little bit shorter of a brace height, maybe a little bit more of an aggressive bow. If, if you've got a habit of, you know, just shit in the bed when an animal comes in, who gives a shit how fast the bow is? Shoot a little bit more forgiving bow. Don't worry about the speed as much. Where you, you know, everybody wants a quiet bow anyway. So, you know, talking about all that, other things we brought up on the podcast, uh, the first go round, and we talked about Friday on the one we're not going to produce uh, or kick out. What your local bow shop carries is huge. You don't you don't want to be driving a Chevy into the Ford dealership, right? You what you want to make sure and, and support your local shop as as best as possible and and pick out a bow that they carry. So that's going to be a big decision for you out of the gate. That's going to be a big factor in your decision making process. What bows your local shop carries, and that is is huge. Um, you need to you know. Not saying your local shop's not going to work on a bow they don't sell, but if you went down, you know, bought a bow off of Archery Talk and come into the shop and expect first-rate service for free, you're probably not going to get it. But you buy the bow there, you're going to get that. Frank, anything to add to that? It's probably true. <laughs> oh, it's definitely true. 
<laughs> now, and, and again, they may just charge you. Obviously, they need to make money too. So, but shootability, noise, tunability, overall performance for the specific setup you need, meaning speed, brace height, all the things I talked about. Uh, what your local dealer carries. Um, you know, durability is another one. Um, Frank, when you think of a bow that's had durability issues, what comes to mind? <laughs> I've heard of a few blowing up. There's a meme. Isn't there a meme with a guy with a, wearing a bomb suit? Yeah. What's that company you're on with? Brotech. <laughs> yeah. So I, I personally have had a love-hate relationship with Bowtech in the sense of, uh, I think I, I brought it to you, it's like having the hottest chick. She's great in bed, huge boobs, nice ass. But she's always screwing your friends when you're not paying attention, and that, that was a Bowtech for me for a while. It'd be the best bow I'd ever shot. Unle- unbelievable scores, just couldn't miss. And then the limbs would crack. And now this is a while ago. I think they've got everything figured out, but... That went on for a while. I had a Bowtech General. I had a Captain, 82nd Airborne. And then I went on and got, man, some of the new ones. That Bowtech Boss never blew up, and that was one of the better shot bows I've ever shot. But um, So I'm always a little bit skeptical. I was at full draw. My bow totally just went to pieces at a tournament once with a Bowtech. Uh, another time, I'm trying to f- remember the one they had. Man, it was an unbelievable bow. It was before the 82nd Airborne um, Allegiance. I went through six sets of limbs on that sunbitch. Jesus. Yeah. So, but Bowtech has amazing technology. Their bows are really smooth shooters. They're unbelievable. But I'm always a little bit, and I'm probably going to get some hate mail over this. I'm just telling you what happened to me. Nothing like being at full draw at a tournament. Next thing you know, your cam's hanging like a fucking pinata, and the scopes broke off your sight, and you don't know what just happened, and now you're wondering, how quick can I get it repaired? But I'd be interested to see how they're doing now. I'm sure from this podcast we will hear about that. Um, I haven't heard anything lately, really about any bows. <laughs> Blowing up. <laughs> um which is good. So, I mean, they may have it taken care of. So I will say that Boltec or Voltex was one hell of a bow. So I look at all those different things, um, you know, when I'm picking out a bow. The other thing you want to take into consideration, we touched on this earlier, the speed thing. Now, if your bow says it IBOs at 348, okay, out of the gate, it'll take a bolt of lightning to hit that bow to shoot that fast. Um, the first thing is you're... That's a 30-inch draw at 5 grains per pound at 70 pounds. So that's a 350-grain arrow at 70 pounds. Then they test those with no peep sight, nothing on the string, basically. It's kind of like speakers when it says, you know, whatever, however many amps or whatever it is, and it's fucking never even close to what it (laughs) says. So um, you need to make sure and take that in consideration. Once you do this long enough, you're going to be able to look and say the bow's, you know, my draw link's 29. I think they inflate by like 10 to 15. There may be some inflation going on in there, possibly. Um, but I would say for an average hunting setup with a 28 to 29-inch draw length uh, at 70 pounds with around a 450-grain arrow, you're going to be in the 280 range, 290 maybe, somewhere in that neighborhood. Now, um, you know, your draw goes shorter, draw goes longer, obviously, plus and minus. And, you know, those are the things that, when I say you want to blueprint your setup, if a guy comes to me and he's shooting a 28 and a half inch draw length and he wants to shoot a 500 grain arrow, you know, he's probably 
only going to get 265 feet per second, maybe 270, um, around 74 pounds, 73, 75 pounds, somewhere in there. Anyway, you want to do all that math to figure that out. Your local shop can help you out with that. Um, I always cater a little bit heavier arrows. Frank, what was your arrow weight this year? This year, 515, I think, approximately. Um, Man, it's busy this morning. Um, That's Scott from Texas. Uh, <laughs> Come on down, man. I'm telling you, there's going to be a lot of things hitting the ground between Oklahoma and Texas this year. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I'm going to go up with Jerry and shoot a buffalo. Nice. Yeah, with his his parents have a bunch of them. Uh, by no means is this it's going to be like the Adam Green Tree, holy cow, buffalo hunt. Uh, I think it's like shooting your neighbor's cow. Uh, but it'll be cool to watch, see the broadhead penetration, and I really just want the meat. It's a lot of meat. I've been on a hunt like that once last year. A lot of meat, a lot of work. They got a butcher there for you? Are you guys going to do it yourself, or how's that going to work? Yeah, we'll probably send it in. I'm not butchering that shit myself. So we're getting distracted. Back on point. Um, Back on track. With these bows, everyone has some highlights, uh, some some key points. They have some low points. Um, There's not going to be anything... uh, all of these bows are within a few percentages of each other. Some of them are a little bit smoother drawing, some rougher drawing, some faster. Um, you know, for, for example, the, the PSE, the NTN, the Dudley bow, that was one of the smoothest drawing bows I've ever drawn. It was at 81 pounds, um, drew like a 75, 76 pound bow, but it wasn't exactly a barn burner when it came to speed. Super easy to tune. I didn't have any issue with that. Durability so far, everything's been bulletproof. Was it lime um, green? It was ugly. Yes, it was great. No, I'm just kidding. It's uh, I actually I spray painted some decal um, on it. It looks pretty cool. I think. Yeah. What was that? Yeah. Look, I put an E on the end of it. Deer Tay. It's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, you know, the VXR, for example, that was one of the steadiest bows as far as aiming I've ever had. That bow aimed like a 36, 37 inch bow. Um, just held extremely well. Draw cycle's a little rough on that thing. Around three-quarter draw cycle, a um, little bit muddy, got a little bit of a hump in there. Um, the Hoyt, the Axius, uh, that bow drew fairly smooth, didn't have much issues there. A little bit of sponge on the back wall, um, you know, and it, which is pretty common for the Hoyts. Uh, the M16, uh, the Expedition M16, that bow had a smooth draw cycle, solid back wall, aimed well. Uh, the Bowtech, same deal, that, that bow didn't have it now this is a 29 inch so keep that in mind you know you you start to adjust those draw lengths on any of these bows that can change the draw cycle changes drastically or can the the bow tech was super smooth drawing you know so, so things to think about the the axis axis was good speed that vxr was pretty good speed the m16 was um expedition was really unbelievable speed pse's decent little slow bow tech was good speed um and all of them were pretty close now, most of these I was shooting between 75 and 81 pounds. The Bowtech was at 73 or 4, so a little bit slower. Um, when I tuned these bows, I was able to, to tune these with um, Black Eagle Rampages, uh, 300 spine, and I, I tuned them with 225 up front, believe it or not. Uh, no issues. I bear shafted out to 50 yards just to give kind of an idea. Um, they were all tuned very well. Just to skip to the end, so you guys, if you don't want to listen to all of this, uh, I would say the most underrated bow I've probably ever shot is the Expedition M16. 
not a tournament bow, although I shot it for a lot of tournaments, an all-around, just an ass-kicking bow. The thing's got a solid back wall, great speed, uh, draw cycle smooth, holds really well. Um, you know, there, I'd say if there was a, a negative side to that, there's this tiny little pin. It holds the module on. There's Allens on either side of this half moon, and then there's it's like the size of a flea's penis, right, that, that, that goes through <laughs> this module and. That would be the only thing, honestly, on that cam system I would change. Uh, if that thing breaks off, you got to do some serious super gluing and JB welding. Um, if I had to find a downside to that bow, believe it or not, that that would be the only thing. I'm surprised it doesn't get more love than it, it gets. That bow is literally one of the best bows I've ever shot in my life. I mean, and definitely the most underrated. And you're shooting a different version of it, aren't you? I'm shooting the DLX, the, the longer bow. From what I've heard from people, I think people are skeptical about the expeditions, or at least from what I've heard from a few different people, because they're a bit of a newer company, and then they price their bows with the with the higher end bows. So, I think people go into their shop and they see like a, a Matthews or a Hoyt or a Bowtech, and then they see an expedition at the same cost. Yeah. Whereas the Hoyt and the Matthews and the other bows, they have a they have a reputation, whether it be good or bad or whatever. Yeah. Whereas expedition is just new, and people don't have a, a lot of experience with them, so. That's what I've heard when I've asked people. I'm like, why don't you shoot this? And they're like, well, we haven't really, we haven't heard about them or we haven't had a lot of experience with them. So we go with the, the big names, the big brands. Yeah, and and it's funny because um, I started this whole shittery several months ago, and it's it is pretty. Um, they don't pay guys like Levi Morgan whatever crazy amount of money a year for no reason. The same thing with Gillingham shooting a Bowtech. Not saying those guys wouldn't shoot that bow anyway, but there's a reason that you're seeing these marketing campaigns, uh, you know, all the time. And and I'm not saying there's no bullshit or hype with the PSE Hoyt Matthews. They're all really good bows, but when you when you um, when you have those guys in your face, TV show hunts and everything else, uh, there's a reason for marketing. Obviously, we all do it. Um, you don't hear that much about Expedition. I think they tried to work with Donnie uh, for a little bit, Vincent. You know, and Donnie's not a bow tech, right? He's um, He's got nice hair. He does have nice hair. It's Well, <laughs> if you're into that thing, right? I'm more of a short haircut guy, personally. <laughs> yeah. um, but it is good. I, 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 on a 1 to 10, where would you put Donnie's hair? We're rating bows, so. 7.5. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, when he gets the beanie hat on, it definitely, I've seen some epic duck hunting. I've seen uh, Cody, Cody Covey <laughs> rocking yeah. that haircut. He's like, It's a good look. That's what Cody said. He's like, dude, you grow your hair out, and he's like, the ass just runs at you. <laughs> Holy cow. Um, he's got that touch of gray going. Both of them do. I know. And uh, I've seen some pretty ec- epic duck hunting what do you what was it adac uh the adac video with donnie what some waterfowl hunting yeah i didn't see it. i didn't think you could make photos look that epic of duck hunting and they did it leave it to donnie because I, I mean even me i'm like fuck that is a good looking duck hunting photo <laughs> holy shit um but i know donnie shot him for a while and, and donnie's a good bow hunter and a, and a decent enough shot he's just not a, a tech Without going into a long, drawn-out spiel, there's nothing wrong with any of these bows. But the, the expedition for me definitely won. Like that was, that was the bow I always grabbed. Um, you know, the Hoyt for me was in second place, or, or even with the uh, expedition in some ways. I definitely, and I've went back and forth on this. I'm more comfortable with the Hoyts uh, in general. I'm used to shooting those probably more than any other bow. 
But you know what? Gun to my head, and that's what why I changed it from this this last review. Um, I had said the Hoyt was probably the winner because I'm more comfortable with it. But honestly, um, gun to my head, I'd, I'd grab that expedition. Uh-huh. And then I literally like last night when I was shooting, thinking if I'm going to be whacking a bunch of does and I need to need a little help from the compound, you know, uh, yeah, I grabbed the Hoyt, I grabbed the expedition. I shot ADR groups with Ryu and I'm like literally just dotting softballs with broadheads and, uh, you know, bear shafts just a hair right. And, I just shoot it a little bit better than that, that Hoyt. So I'd say the Expedition would be my my strong recommendation. Go ahead, Frank. It's got a cool name. What releases are you shooting with these bows? Uh, man, I've got, well, the one I'm going to hunt with and shoot is the B3 Ranger. Um, it's a hinge uh, and a wrist strap hinge. I have the uh, two smooths. Uh, I have a couple Carter Evolutions, Carter Colby. Uh, I've got a pile of different releases. I had a Hawk, uh, a couple Hawk trigger releases. I only have one now because uh, Luke took my other one. Probably not going <laughs> to shoot a a trigger release. I just shooting the back tension. I'm just more comfortable with one. And if it's super windy, I might. But you know, as far as the other bows go, though, as far as like uh, downsides and upsides, again, PSE super smooth draw cycle, not super fast. Uh, noise was not bad at all on that bow. I could uh, I could recommend that 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 PSE bow to anyone, the NTN, I figured it was probably mostly bullshit just cause marketing campaign and everything else. Not to say Dudley would put his name on something shitty, just, you know, overly hyped, but I was pleasantly surprised with that, that PSE and I would hunt with it in the blink of an eye. Um, and, and honestly, like, um, they do a custom of, setups for everybody or just for kind just of his friends, yeah, friends, friends or whatever. Um, you know, like that PSE, if I had to go, I'd hunt anywhere in the world without blinking an eye. That thing's an unbelievable bow. Uh, the And, I, again, the draw cycle's amazing. Speed's a little bit slow but not horrible. Uh, the the VXR, the only negative side to that was that, that draw cycle was a little bit rough. But that is also the longest risered bow I think I'd ever shot. I mean, it literally looked like a T-Rex. It had this giant riser <laughs> and these tiny little limbs, but it was a shooter. Um you know, the, the Hoyt, um, I've got, you know, I've used a Hoyt probably more than and longer than anything else, and, and I'm comfortable with the Hoyt. You get a little bit of um, buck and bronco going on with the, the Hoyts, and, and I always have, meaning you relax a little bit. That thing will suck you through the peep side if you're not careful. And, uh, you know, I'm using on these other bows basically the limb stops, where with the Hoyt it's a cable stop, so it's a little bit of sponge in there. So, yeah, I think... Anyone could go and shoot any one of these bows and have no issue. I'd say, like I said, the highlight would be that Expedition was definitely the most underrated, um, you know, overall. But these are all great bows. Uh, one other thing, the Prime, a lot of guys asked me to do the Black, uh, what is it, the Black 5, I think is the one I ch- was testing. That bow is amazing. I didn't shoot it nearly as much as these other ones. You know, I just shot it in the range. That thing's, uh, I mean, it, I can't say anything bad about it other than I think it has seven different strings on it, maybe, or 11. <laughs> I can't. It's not like the end of the world, but you better, if you got a string builder, you better know. make sure he knows what the fuck he's doing or that bow will never time or tune uh, if you don't have the correct specs on your strings. And you, you found that out the hard way with one of the other primes, didn't you? Yeah, it was a couple years ago. A, a new bow got some strings for it right away, and they just didn't quite ma- made up properly, so the bow wouldn't tune, so we had to go back to the factory strings or go back to factory and order some new strings so maybe uh 
maybe when you get a new prime wait a couple months for them to the, your custom yeah, string like, builder to figure it out if you get the newest great latest greatest 2021 prime yeah don't uh you might not want to be the first one to call uh, America's best or gas and say, I want some custom strings. Let them, let them smooth those things out first. Durability. We, we, I didn't talk too much about that. All of these bows can, you can get super quiet. Um, they're all very shootable. Uh, tuning wise, I was able to bear shaft out to 50 with all of them. Some even farther than that. Um, you know, the local dealer we talked about, but durability, I, I have not knock on wood, other than the one bow company you mentioned prior, have not had hardly any issues other than string wear and tear and cable wear and tear on any bows. I fell off a cliff with a Hoyt once, and I got a splinter in the limb. I peeled it off with my knife, put super glue over it, shot it for the rest of the season, no problem. Um, what would you say probably, when your mind, when you think of durability, Frank, what, what bow would you say is the most durable? Man, I don't know. Good say. It's difficult now, right? You just yeah. don't hear that many issues. Whenever I think about archery and durability, I think about spot hog. <laughs> yeah, you definitely. That's 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 one uh, for sure. And I, we'll talk. Well, we'll talk about components here in a minute because I wanted to go over that, like what uh, some of the different things on leveling and that I did with these bows. So, um, yeah, I don't know. This is going to be. I'm going to have to release this one because I'm getting hounded, and I already posted we would, but. Uh, the Hoyt Matthews Expedition PSE Bowtech, the Elites, um, the Primes, they're all unbelievable bows. Um, but again, man, I last night when I was shooting dialing, I was getting those revelations dialed in. And, uh, and man, I'm sh- that's a 580-grain arrow. My sight tape from what I had set for tournaments to, uh, to, the, to, to the new arrow, the 500, <laughs> dude, it was like, I think I was five. Uh, sight tapes down from from where I was it was like a six yard difference at 80 yards but um man I just bow just shoots so but let's talk about components for a little bit I had spot hog sights um I didn't have the exact same sight on all these bows I had hoggets hog fathers fast eddies um hogget hunters on all the different bows I had uh prophecy AAE prophecy arrow rests um that's the one that you cock upward um <laughs> cock it, <laughs> which uh, I prefer. I like that. I had a couple different stabilizer systems, both from uh, AAE. I had actually shooting trad veins um, and AAE hybrid uh, veins uh, out of the compound just because I had a lot of these arrows fletched for my stick bow, and I just cut them down short and then kept the components the same. So I was able to shoot the same arrow out of the stick bow uh, that I am out of the compound. I just had to cut like three inches off of it to get it to tune. Um the uh, release, like I said, B3 Ranger is pretty much what I was shooting for everything. Now, when you when you talk about stabilizers and offset brackets and weights and things like that, when you're getting your bow to, to tune, you know, when, when you when you set your bow up, and we've talked about this, you know, you get when, when, when the, the initial bow setup has nothing really to do with the arrow um, other than the knock height. Um, that thing's going to be set up so your center shot's correct, cams are in time, tune, whatever. Um you know, your, your knock point is 90 degrees, set up for 90 degrees off your string. When you go to tune your, you know, your arrow, you don't, um, you're not generally not going to get as lucky as I did being able to shoot one arrow out of all these different bows. And what I did is just messed with poundage a little bit. So 
I would add or take away from poundage to the the ability that I had for each bow setup to get them to tune. So one bow, the, the expedition, for example, I was able to actually shoot 80 pounds or 81 out of that bow and I was able to get that 300 spine to fly where with the Matthews, it was 75 and a half, 76 pounds to get a bullet hole into bear shaft. So five pound difference, give or take to get those bows to, to tune. And Matthews doesn't make an 80 pound bow, but it's just how life works when I was tuning. So, um, don't be afraid, you know, when you're tuning these bows and getting them set up to, to add or take away poundage, uh, when needed. Um, and then, with as far as like your second and third axis, Frank, you want to try and explain that one? <laughs> no, come really. on. Um, the 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 quickest way to explain it is uh, when you level your bow and you level level it for flat ground. That doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be level going up and downhill. So when you talk about your second and third axis, um, you want to make sure and if your bow's on a vice, act like you're aiming at a forty degree slope uphill. And a lot of times the bubble may be to the right when you aim uphill and to the left when you aim downhill. So you have to move uh, your housing in and out. Those are all important things when you're, when you're really trying to dial in your bow. The spot hog is really good at that. I think the only other sight at this point I would probably suggest is a black gold above uh, anything else. So uh, spot hog is definitely my number one. And then I'd say really the next back option is a black gold. Yeah, a lot of people around here shoot those black golds. Uh, that's Phil. Phil sells those things like crazy. He loves them over at yeah. No Limits. I've had one before. They're pretty nice. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Put an E on the end of it. Um, <laughs> the uh, I, I'm from Oregon. Spot Hawks from Oregon, and uh, I used to shoot some with Cabe, which is the the owner of Spot Hawk now. Uh, and then Chris has always been super cool to deal with over there. So anyway, yeah, I I don't think I have anything else to add to this. As long as we've drawn this out, it's only going to be about 35, 40 minutes. It's taken me forever, but I guess if I was going to, out of the one thing is any of these bows I would grab and hunt, there was no duds in any of this. They were all great bows. Um, the percentage of difference between, we're talking one, two percent difference in all of them. And that's a matter of opinion for each person. Uh, and again, the only one, the one that stood out the most with the biggest surprise was that expedition. I definitely think people should check those out way more often. If you have any questions on any of this, there'll be a video that, that we'll get up here soon going over all the different bows. I say soon. That's a lie. We're hunting a lot right now. <laughs> Eventually, we'll get up. Um, we've got kind of a tuning room we're setting up in here now so we can talk about the different uh, uh, tech tip type stuff, tuning stuff that you know we verbally go over on the podcast but don't ever have a video. So David D. Austin's going to start video and that type of stuff. David's an archer too, so that helps out a ton. Tuning rooms turn into a storage room, though. We're in a room here. At yes, yes, we are. Um, I'm trying to, yeah. I don't know. This should be interesting how the next couple years go because <laughs> yeah. we're trying to find a new building now, a bigger building. Um, I got to go drive around this week and look at all of them. It's really cutting into my hunting time being an adult. <laughs> yeah. uh, Stupid work. Yeah, I know, right? Um, all right, so I'm going to do a... Uh, a podcast on the trad stuff uh here soon um get anything to add frank um no i'm excited to see some of these new new videos i think it'll be helpful for everybody and people here we got a lot of people that shoot archery and i think it'll be good for everybody to learn i'm excited to learn more i only um only partially set up my bows once a year and uh it's 
with a lot of help through you and the guys at No Limits. So it'd be nice to be a little bit more self-sufficient on things. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm excited about it too. So anyway, everybody, thanks for tuning in. If you got any questions, post them up when we get this thing posted and I'll answer the best of my ability. Unless it's kind of a shithead question, I just, I'm going to block it. You think you'll get a, like a, you know, like some people are like, Cummins versus Power Stroke, you know, like Matthews versus Hoy. Some people are gonna be like, "Nah, you're wrong, man." Ah, uh, yeah, it's pretty, man. Some, you know, people bleed uh, some of their bow companies, right? And and I get it because I don't give a shit what you shoot. I I don't doesn't matter to me. Um, I'm more of a shoot the what's best for you type of a of a guy. So I don't really get too Twitter pated about it. But yeah, some people do. I. Uh, the number one's going to be is the ones I didn't test. Why didn't I put more effort into elite? Why didn't I shoot a, you know, why yeah. didn't prime black? A lot of it is too, is I'm not going to pay for any of these bows uh, to review. And a couple bows companies that I got a hold of didn't respond. So I just didn't, I'm not going to bash them, but I, I, I'm not going to go out and spend that much money on all these different bows and, and everything else to, when they're all really good bows anyway, it's a lot of it's personal preference. So, yeah. I keep getting hearing about the ranch fairy. I thought that was a fucking made up name. Guys were giving me shit, like just joking with me. There's an actual guy that calls himself the ranch fairy. I think he shoots pigs and shit in Texas with super high FOC arrows. The ranch fairy. I shit you not. I thought people were fucking with me. Hmm. Never heard of him. <laughs> Is it on Instagram? I, I think I think it's uh, like a YouTube page. Like he, like he shoots pigs and shit with like different setups and like super high fuck or whatever um or something like that i don't know i obviously didn't google it i should have interesting you've come up yeah uh white tail guy i'm sure it's texas dude so it's gonna be a pig white tail guy yeah nice i literally thought the first thing and this is nothing against the guy i don't know who he is remember that uh imagination land on south park with the <laughs> leprechaun yeah i thought the people were like <laughs> Like fucking with me about that, but yes, it's a real guy. I'll have to get a hold of him. Maybe we can do a podcast and we can get all fucked up talking about FOC <laughs> and um, shooting pigs over corn and shit. So anyway, everybody, thanks for tuning in. Frank, thanks for joining me. Cue the applause. Oh, man, I, I panicked. Where the, oh, yep. See you later.